Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Basil Meets Podcast. I am so happy to have you guys back here again. Thank you so much. This week's guest is the absolutely incredible, the absolutely awesome Lulu Al-Khazin. She is the founder of Nabish. And uh, throughout this podcast, we're going to talk about the incredible journey she's taken to raise thousands, millions of dollars, millions of dollars to start this uh, website and to keep this business going. Um, and I think it's really also interesting that we delve into starting a family as you run a startup uh, from both a woman perspective and uh, just as a person, like whether you're a father or your mother or or whatever it is, it's it's. Um, it's just an incredible story, and I think uh, we've had a really cool, fruitful conversation. So without further ado, enjoy this episode, and I'll see you at the next one. What's going on, everybody? We're back to the Basil Mies podcast with a guest that I've been working on for the past uh, two years. Exactly. You know, ever since I started this podcast, I had an Excel sheet, okay? And on this Excel sheet, I put a bunch of names that I thought I want to talk to and have a conversation with on this podcast. And one of the names that appeared was Lulu. You, your name. Mm-hmm. I'm and, honored. And we followed each other on Insta- on uh, Twitter. Yes. God bless Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and I tried to reach out to you quite a few times. We went back and forth. For one reason or the other, that didn't materialize until today. So today is a momentous day for me. And for me. I'm All very right. excited. <laughs> so, Lulu, welcome to the Bass and Meets podcast. I'm super excited that you're here Thank uh, you. with me. And uh, for people who don't know, like, who is Lulu exactly? I want you to do that intro. Okay. Um, well, I, um, I'm Lebanese. Uh, I've been living and working in the UAE for the past 16 years. Uh, Before that, I was uh, born and raised in Lebanon with a short stint of three years in Australia where I went to university. And uh, and I love it here. I call it home. Um, I've built myself as a a professional here. I uh, I got married here. I started a business. Uh, I had children. So, so... So it's yeah, home. I think that's that's uh, that's it is home. That's the definition of home, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's interesting to me because like the the way I know you is back in 2011, 2010, maybe. I'm not sure you could correct me there, but <clears throat> Dubai TV had this entrepreneurship show. Yeah, and uh, 2012 was it 2012? Yeah, it was. And uh, and then I remember you were part of that show Mm -hmm. and and what was awesome is that you won at the end it was like this thing where they had like this one million dirham prize at the end it was called the entrepreneur if i'm not mistaken it was and uh, there was over a hundred people participating and it all boiled down to you yeah and i thought that was a really inspiring thing because your idea was cool it was fresh at the time and uh, it's nebbish as for anybody who is familiar nebbish is a uh, freelance platform where you could go and find work and pitch for jobs and whatever. So uh, I want to say, like, how was that experience for you to be, like, in the spotlight in front of, like, thousands yeah. of people who were watching? And, uh, yeah, how was that experience for you? It was uh, it was a great experience. It's, it's actually it took me completely out of my comfort zone. I'm not... Uh, someone who's like very comfortable with uh, with cameras and things like that. So uh, so it was a great experience. Actually, I saw uh, there was a tweet. So thanks to Twitter again. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. Uh, I use too. it all the time. Uh, so there was a tweet about this uh, entrepreneur competition, and you know they said that the prize was a million dirhams. I was like, oh my god! Like I have to, I have to check Cha-ching. this out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought, okay, I'm probably not gonna win, but I might as well get some publicity for Nabish.com because I was. It was like the early days. I started working on the concept, um, uh, and I was doing it full time, and I was like uh, funding it from my own pocket. So, so I needed the cash, you right? Know? And a million dirhams is not small money. It's not Everybody like ten thousand dollars. Everybody needs that cash. You know what I mean? Like one million. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. So, uh, so uh, I applied, uh, and then they emailed me and they said, "Well, you know, we'd like uh, you to send us a two-minute pitch." 
Oh, okay. So, so I guess they like the idea. So I remember I was telling my husband, uh, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, what are we going to pitch? Again, you're talking 2012. I, I haven't done pitches before. It's, it's, it's all new for me. Uh, so I remember we sat down in the house. He took out his phone and we had a red bean bag. I sat on it and I spoke for two minutes and we sent it and we said, you know what? It is what it is. Let's see. Uh, and they called and uh, and they said, well, you know, you've been shortlisted uh, as part of the hundred that are going to start the, the show. Um, so we we had to go into the location and obviously it was all filmed on TV. Uh, and we uh, it was a great experience. We you know, ended up meeting uh, some great entrepreneurs, good ideas. We did some like media training and stuff, which was pretty useful. Uh, and we started uh, with the show and we had to do, um, there was an elimination by the judges and I kept like moving forward in the ranks. And then I was like, okay, this is real. Like this is, I'm actually, you know, in the top 10 or, you know what I mean? It, it became much real to me as we moved forward uh, up until the day where I won. And it was like really amazing. I didn't, I honestly did not expect it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a great learning experience. And, um, and I got a lot of media out of that, uh, when I basically, when the show aired, cause we, we filmed it in April, end of April. Uh, we, we, sh we filmed over like two weeks and, uh, the program was eight episodes. So they aired it in, I think, end of October, uh, that year. So I had to sit on the news, basically, that I had won for six months, seven wow, months. that's crazy. Uh, and then when they aired it... Did they it, give you the money right away or did they... No, like, no, they didn't. So they had to wait. I, yeah, so I had to wait. So I got it in, like, December. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so, um, so... So, great. We just built some context here, okay? But I have a couple of questions. First okay. question. Was it... How did it feel when you had that ping... And you saw your bank account has exploded <laughs> from whatever you had then to whatever it became. Like, there must have been a moment where you're like, oh, my dear Lord, that <laughs> is insane. Well, it wasn't my personal bank account. I had to set up a company. Okay. So it was my company's bank account. That's but still, cool. still, still a, it's... You still it's, got the message. Yeah, <laughs> still, yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, I mean, ka-ching, you know, it's, 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 it's great. <laughs> if I give you a million dirhams now, you're going to be happy, I'm right? I'm going to be no, super happy. Great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot okay, of... I want to sell this podcast. So if anybody's listening out there <laughs> and wants to buy this podcast, it's for a million dirhams. I'm sure it's worth more than... Oh, you, you're so nice. <laughs> um, okay, so, so you felt... You felt obviously very happy, but like it's a relief. It's a it's a relief because I had been paying, like I said, I had been funding it from from my own pocket, and I had some savings, right? And I was just going through them, and uh, so so it. I mean, I had two options: either you know go to investors uh, and and raise money. Or, uh, you know, use that money to build some more, um, to get closer, let's say, to my MVP, to my minimum viable product, and then go to investors. Mm. Uh, so that money helped basically bridge, uh, you know, helped me build a little bit more uh, up until I went eventually to investors. Right. Okay. So, so when the money came, it was all allocated anyway. Like I knew where it had to go and what to spend it on. And, ah, and so I see. On. Damn, yeah. You're yeah. a pro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're didn't, pro. Didn't sit for for too long. That's for sure. <laughs> I would have blown it all on uh, partying. Yeah, uh, but maybe not. Maybe uh, not. That's uh, not. I'm just serious, guys. Anybody wants to buy this spot? I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 interesting because yeah. um, because you don't often sit with people who have actually came up with an idea. So today, you you know, or let's take people back to 2012, 2013. You had this website called nebish.com, yeah. and it just got a full investment of 1 million dirhams, right? And what we see on TV is we see that glorious moment of you winning and we see you going through the motions of getting that money and everybody who's sitting at home mm -hmm. gets that impression. It's like, oh man, and Lulu made it. Like, that's it. She's done. She's banking. <laughs> she's rolling in dough. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's not really the case, right? Because that's just your first injection of money. That's when things get serious, by the way. That's when it gets serious. Because yeah, when, exactly. when you're spending your own money, you're, you're relatively... Uh, you're still there's still not much pressure, right? Because ultimately, it's your money, it's your decision. Uh, you don't answer to anyone but yourself. Right. When when the big money comes in, obviously the pressure is on because you need to start delivering. You need to move faster. Uh, you have milestones you want to reach. So, 
it it becomes uh, much more serious. Yeah. Uh, and especially with in my case, because we didn't, you know, winning the entrepreneur didn't only mean cash. It meant a lot of PR as well. Mm. So so my, my biggest challenge is to have the website ready uh, and in, in a good place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know they all say that, um, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then, you know, you're launching too late. But again, it has to be up to a certain standard. So that's an interesting quote. Yeah. It's, so, but it had to be somewhere. So when people see the show in October, November, yeah. then, and when they come and visit the website, there had to be something. Uh, so that was also a big, uh, a big challenge for me. So it wasn't a functioning website. Uh, no, no, it was functioning, but uh, it's not prior to meant the entrepreneur, to prior to you winning. Uh, prior to me, when yeah, it was functioning. It was, it was, functional. It was like a, it was a very early uh, you know, an alpha, basically yeah. uh, website. But it's not. It wasn't designed to to basically have uh, I don't know uh, ten thousand uh, visitors, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 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 I was worried when when the show was airing. Uh, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, am I going to get like millions of people now? What's going to happen? Is it going to, uh, you know, uh, break? What's going to... So yeah. so these were the things that uh, that were in the back of my mind um, and, and thinking about. And like I said, the pressure is on when you're, when you're the winner of such a show and it's being heavily publicized. Uh, people have expectations, right? So mm-hmm. so when they come to the website and, and tr- try to transact, there had to be something uh, decent there. Yeah. So one of the things I think about a lot is when, you know, the, the, the idea of entrepreneurship is kind of romanticized, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to do my own thing and, yeah. and, uh, and I'm not going to answer to anyone. And, you know, like that romanticized idea in your head is something that gets a lot of people. Yeah. But then like when you actually get into the trenches, mm. that's when like shit gets real, yeah. you know. And for me, I always wondered, like after you got your first or not your first, but your big one million uh, injection. How were those subsequent years, you know, like after that? Did you <laughs> actually see that surge of people to the website? Did you feel like at points were like, man, this thing is not picking up? Or maybe you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, how was your emotional roller coaster going oh. um, in those subsequent years when you got that? Okay, for, I mean, on the point of like, you don't answer to anyone, I think obviously it's not true. Initially, when you start a, when you when you launch a startup, uh, first of all, you have to sell the startup to your first employees mm. or your co-founder or whatever, right? I mean, there's a lot of you're selling, selling, selling. Cause you're trying to convince someone who's good to leave whatever they're doing and come and work with you. Uh, and sometimes you have to make some compromises if the person's very good. So so it starts there. It's not like I'm the you know, I'm the I'm the queen and everyone says what, you know, do, does what I'm saying. And it do, doesn't yeah. work that way. There's a lot of compromise. There's a lot of uh, consensus as well. So when you have a, a slightly bigger team, you know, you're five, six people and you're sitting on the table and you're discussing the future of the company. They have an input as well. Uh, when you have shareholders, uh, investors, uh, obviously they have an input as well. So and sometimes making all the decisions is uh, is not as cool as people might think it is. Because if you make the wrong decision, obviously, you take a, a, a barely uh, surviving company in the early days into, uh, you know, some dark places. So, mm. so your decisions could mean if the company survives or dies uh, yeah. initially. So it's a lot of pressure as well on one person. And sometimes you don't know all the answers anyway. Right. Um, so, so that's on the, I'm going to be my own boss. I mean, the other thing is obviously uh, people think that I'm going to be my own boss. It means that I don't need to uh, work nine to five. Obviously, you end up working eight to eight. Uh, uh, I mean, I've missed, I've missed vacations uh, with my husband. Uh, I, I didn't go because, you know, I was working. I worked weekends. I worked nights. You're constantly selling your business wherever you go to dinner with friends. You're talking about your business in a way or another. So it's also very ch- tiring. I mean, on the positive end, of course, you this is what you love and this is what you believe in. So you, you happily do it. But yeah. it's it's not that, uh, you know, you go to the office at nine and you and you leave at five and you do what you want, because if you want to get it somewhere, it's not going to it's not going to work. Right. Um, what was the other question? I think I went on a I mean, on a on a those on a years tangent. though. Oh. You know, you, you how did that how was that? Like how was your ups and downs and your 
the craziness that I followed. think I, I went through, um, uh, I mean, if you read like about startups, I think I pretty much went to uh, a lot of the... A lot of the experiences. So, so first of all, I started on my own. Then I got a co-founder. Then I lost the co-founder. Uh, then we hired people. We fired people. Then we almost shut down in like 2014. It, it was almost dead. Really. Uh, then I managed to raise money, and then I rebuilt the team. Uh, it took me a year basically to get a team, and we were up to 13 people. And then we had more challenges on basically growth, where we like stalled, and uh, you know we had lots of challenges. And then we tried to pivot and uh, tried to fundraise, and then we couldn't fundraise, so I had to like downsize. So I think everything over the past eight years uh, crazy. I mean, I've, it's it's. Uh, I think in, in those eight years, I grew by like 15 years, maybe. Uh, it was very, very challenging. Do you think it takes a, a certain type of person to go through this? Yeah, big time. You have like, to. I don't see anyone. Like, I'm talking to you today, and I can see that, you know, you got that strength in you. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're talking about this, it seems like, yeah, I've been through it. But, but I can see, you know what? You're definitely the type of person who f- I feel like can take that sort of ups and downs. Do you think it takes a certain type of person? Uh, Definitely. I mean, first of all, um, if you don't have hunger, um, I think it's very hard to succeed. I think you know, there there has to be hunger. I'm always hungry. That that for basically food, <laughs> for a good burger. <laughs> <This is> for <laughs> <food>. <laughs> uh, no, you know, some people are like very relaxed. Um, I don't know if, you know, or comfortable in what they're doing and they attempt to uh, to build a startup. I don't know if they're successful or not. And I don't know if there's data on that. Um, but I think if you're not hungry um, and you like want it in every bit, so bit of you wants it, um, it's very difficult to keep going because you're going to hit some really bad times. Yeah. And if you're not hungry, you're going to stop. Um, so that's that's very important. Um, so hunger would be your first. Definitely, and you can see it on people. Yeah, you can see it like when you know because now I'm doing a bit of uh, investing. Uh, so I created a small uh, network of angel investors, mm. and and we're meeting entrepreneurs, and you can you can immediately tell when you meet with someone if they're hungry or they're not. And I think this is this is very important. Yeah, uh, how badly do they want it? Uh, tenacity, obviously, um, you know, can you can you keep going when things are tough? Uh, I mean, when you and and also sometimes you need to separate what happens in the office from from life in general. So I give an example, like you know, firing someone. Uh, it's so hard. Mm. Like I would, if I want to fire someone, I'd be thinking about it probably two weeks in advance, rehearsing in my mind how it's gonna be. Uh, trying to think how they're going to react and what I'm going to say. Uh, and then you you actually do it and you want to be, uh, you know, tactful in the way you do it. And then and then when they're gone, it's, it's I don't know, a lot of things uh, just just have an impact on you. Um, and, and ego uh, is definitely a big thing. I mean, I see, um, I think... When I when I was when we were trying to pivot in 2016, and I went to I think more than eight VCs at the time, and all of them said no. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a humbling experience, and uh, and uh, you need to you need to deal with your ego um, mm. somehow. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a kind of person where like I'm proud. And I'm the best, and you know, uh, my way or the highway. Uh, when you when you become an entrepreneur, if you uh, whether you're looking to hire people or raise funds, you're gonna get no's, lots of no's, or people are not gonna like what you're doing. So yeah. you need to be take it with uh, grace, and uh, and think about you know, and not maybe immediately discount it, and think about why was it a no? Like what are they seeing that I'm not seeing? How can it be a yes and all of that? Yeah. So that's that's tough. That's tough on anybody. Uh, um, yeah. And does that like when you say you you lost a a co-founder? I find it like one of the most difficult things. Um, I want to say maybe in 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 wanting to build something is finding the right partner. Yeah. You know, finding the person that could take this with you forward. And mm-hmm. and I've had similar experiences in my life um, to find a person that. 
you know, shares the vision um, and and sees where we want to get to and that sort of thing. Yeah. How was it for you that, you know, you had your, um, you had a co-founder and then at some point you and your co-founder disagreed and mm-hmm. what was that like? What was that like? What, what was, why did you guys disagree? Um, and why do you think it reaches a point? Do you compare it to like a marriage or do you compare it to like, how do you see finding co-founders and and building it from there and and those severing those relationships and so on. So when I started Nefbish, uh, everyone was like, you got to find a co-founder, you got to find a co-founder. You know, I mean, it was so important that I have to go find a co-founder. And I was yeah. like, okay, where do I find the co-founder? Uh, so, the, so, you know, the advice is like, you have to go to all these uh, startup events and start networking and find the right person, et cetera. So again, I'm talking 2000, uh, end of 2011, so things are a little bit different uh, today, today yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, so I, in my mind, I had to find a co-founder, and and I found someone eventually. And um, and in my mind, the roles were clear um, in terms of what my responsibilities are and what her responsibilities are. I think the mistake at that time was that um they weren't like like black and white clear you know and i think this is this is my advice if you want to find a partner whether they're your best friend or someone you met at an event or something i think talk about the the have clarity on the roles and responsibilities like in in black and white from day one and mm-hmm. and set expectations um and talk about the divorce mm. from day one so if this doesn't work, what are we going to do? Uh, and a lot of times, I mean, at least for me, I don't know for others, but you're so excited that you have someone who's going to come and work with you. And you say, I'm not going to sit and talk about, you know, the divorce or sit and talk about uh, what's going to go wrong. It's never going to go wrong. Like, we, you know, we, we work very well together. And yeah. obviously it's not the case. Um, so that was my mistake. Um, and I think I'm not going to go into why, uh, because, you know, it's, it's, uh, everyone has a point of view on that, mm. but, uh, you know, it didn't work. And, uh, I think it didn't work, uh, because some of those uh, roles were not clear and they were, dif- there were different expectations in my mind and in her mind in terms of what, what we should be doing. Right. Uh, so we disagreed and then basically she decided to, uh, to leave. Okay. Uh, horrible in terms of, um, uh, you know, as a, as a founder, you, you get scared. You're like, okay, what's going to happen now? And uh, it was 2014 was a very tough year for me. Like I said, initially, we were almost going to shut down. Uh, and then you rebuild again. So it takes a huge mental toll on you um, when, when you go through these. But it's also a good learning experience. So, yeah. And I have the scars. You have the scars. Too. I have the scars. Yeah. You survived the battle, and you know you're telling the tale. This is one battle. I mean, there's a lot that yeah. we went through uh, over the, over the years. It's it's been eight years. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing this. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's just so interesting that you say like how many no's you've gotten from VCs yeah. and stuff like that, and that's discouraging to anyone. You know, yeah. like just getting that no on and on and yeah. on, getting that no, um, and I just can't imagine how many times you have to weather a no until you get to that yes that you really want? A lot. I mean, I think eight times maybe is not a lot if you think about it. If you hear successful people, they'd say they, you know, they sent 50 pitch decks and or, you know, they met like hundreds of people. So so I think there's definitely room to meet more people. But unfortunately, I also had a runway. So I had a certain amount of cash. That's and, true. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I needed to get answers quickly. Yeah. That's another thing in this part of the world is that people take a lot of time to make decisions. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, so for me now as, as an investor, uh, you know, what I went through as an entrepreneur, I don't want to put an entrepreneur through. So usually when we meet with entrepreneurs, I try to be very quick in saying, you know what, we're going to do something or we're not going to do something. And the last thing I want is, is for people to sit and wait and guess and, and, and so on. Because, when you, because we're doing like early stage. Um, so you meet, you know, at that point, okay, it's like, do I like the entrepreneur? 
do I like the idea? Uh, is there a market? Like, can I see it being bought and sold? Yeah, okay, we invest. Uh, th there's not much to beyond that, you know what right. I mean, at, at that stage. So why do I need to spend the two months uh, thinking about it? Yeah. Uh, so I try not to do to people what, what I experienced, uh, at least. I mean, yeah. th the first time I raised money, so after we won the, uh, the show and got the funds in December 2012, um, the next round I did was, I think, in December 2013. And it took me, I think, seven, seven or eight months to close that round. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's... And, and, and you, know, you know how much it was? How much? Three hundred thousand dollars. Damn. So, so as a founder, you're spending so much time fundraising and waiting for people like to make a decision, uh, and you're still talking like not big amounts. Again, this is very different today. So, right. if you if you follow startup news today, mm. uh, you see a million seed. You know, you, I'm seeing big numbers uh, or half a million seed or. So, so things are changing for sure, uh, but it was, it was a different landscape uh, back then. It was different. I think a, a part of it still trickles down till today. <clears throat> like, whatever, like, it's not entirely changed. Like, I still, I mean, from what I see, I see a lot of, um, you know, uh, I, I don't see that push towards investment that is available outside of our region. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least that's from my anecdotal sort of like readings and stuff like that. Uh, but we, what we do see, I think, is a lot of um, potential because you have Amazon that just bought out too. You just have uh, Uber that bought out Karim. And I'm sure we're going to have much more of these examples moving forward. But they, they were bought out for substantial amounts. Yeah, there know? was a, there was one which IPO'd in Egypt uh, recently called Fauri. It's a, it's a fintech startup as well. Amazing. Yeah. And, and that's, those are amazing stories that I think get um, investors excited. That, hey, if, if we can get these companies to be sold, then there might be somebody else out there that's doing something different, you know. And uh, it's just, it's... It it gives inspiration to a lot of people, um, but I then it takes a certain person, I think, like you said, to to get to that where you need to get. I think we need to see also a bit of. Uh, I hope that we'll be able to see a bit more risk taking on the part of entrepreneurs uh, when it comes to the, the the businesses that they're working on. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at the you know the exits. Um, they're they're very similar to you know Souk and Amazon That's and true. Kareem and Uber. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice to start seeing, I don't know, unique uh, startups coming out of this region. I mean, uh, there was a announcement I read yesterday. There was a startup called uh, Wrap Up, which uh, does. Um, oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, they do. Uh, um, I think they they. Um, they they it's um, it's a note taking. App, you record mistaken. meetings, record I think, meetings, and it, it uh, condenses them. That's and the it transcribes to find. them and who said what at what time. It's a, a very innovative. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was bought by by Cisco. Uh, yeah. That's that's what I read. Um, I mean, this is great. You know, this is like unique, different. This uh, is super. This unique. is like an innovation from the region. Yeah. It's very very nice. Yeah, but th I think with these things and and I think about this a lot as well. Um, you have. The problem here, I think, is, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, yeah. but I think, you know, a lot of investors are very keen on investing in something that was proven already abroad, you know? Um, so, you know, when... It's the first question you're usually asked, like, is there something uh, like it outside? Yeah. And, and if not, why not? And then are you going to break that? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there's already outside of the gate, there is already this vote of no confidence in you if you are coming with something completely new, which I think is a big mistake, yeah. you know? Um, and, and it's almost like, all right, we got to see the exit, you know? Like, if you're starting something like Nabish, um, for example, and then we could see WeWork or whatever down the horizon, cool, there's, there's some kind of exit there yeah. that could happen, you yeah. know? And I think if you come up with something that's completely new, 
then you are less likely to get that sort of injection from whatever capital venture capitalists are coming in. Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's what I see, and that's what's no. It's the, the true. Trend. It's true, but it's again, it's changing. So if I compare today with before, there's there's definitely changes. Now I'm not a venture capitalist, so I, I don't know exactly how they think, but uh, I've been seeing something is that. If you're in the early days of the startup, um, you you can you can go outside of the region for fundraising. Yeah, uh, there was also uh, an Egyptian startup that joined uh, Y Combinator. Um, mm. So 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 there's a you can go to outside investors if you have something unique. Um, but I think then obviously the market needs to be big enough for like U.S. investors to get excited or European investors to get excited. Uh, so some people m- might end up moving uh, out of the region. Yeah, uh, I, I have I know someone she she's working on uh, she was working on still is working on a hardware uh, startup. Um, um, her name is uh, Hind Habaya, and she she shout actually out, shout out to Hind Habaya. Yeah, you know her. No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> she's yeah, she's 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 badass. So she she moved uh, she moved to San Francisco because like it, I don't know why the details, but obviously it wasn't working here. Right. Uh, and she she just launched and and so on. So you know if you're if you're in the early stages, I think there are uh, ways that you can maneuver. Um, but, but the issue becomes is when you're like halfway through. And you have your, uh, you know, you have your employees, and you have your burn, and you have your deliverables, and then you try to raise money, and then you can't. Like this is, yeah, that's this is where the problem is. Because uh, you got mouths to feed, right? Like, because there's a lot of startups now that are trying to raise a B round, which is like the 10 million plus, and they're stuck. That's yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Because like, where do you go from there? Uh, early like, days is easy because I mean, you know, you, friends, you, you bootstrap it exactly. You you'll manage somehow, but. Yeah. Uh, but when you know when you have uh, thirty employees, forty employees, or or more, and you're trying to hit certain milestones, then it becomes very hard. Ludo, I just want to pivot a bit mm-hmm. uh, because I want to ask you about you know um, women in tech, and uh, it's not often that we meet mm-hmm. um, women founders of tech companies. Um, and I am proud to be sitting with you today because you're one of them. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on this? Like, why do you think there are less um, women in tech as founders? You know, this is not just an Arab phenomenon, obviously. This is a global phenomenon. Yeah. And this is like even in San Francisco where this is like the hub of tech. So what do you think that is? It's a stumper of a question. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I think... Um, I think it takes a lot of time and effort to do a startup, mm. um, especially a tech startup. So if you if you want to, let's say, start a, a coffee shop business, okay, uh, you probably fund it from friends and family, you might get a loan or something, and then you launch, and then the expectations are that if you succeed, you're going to have 10 coffee shops. Right. Whereas in tech, you are building something that is meant to become a multi-million, uh, you know, or billion-dollar uh, company. That's that's why venture capital money comes in, right? Because they want the 10x, the 20x uh, on their money. So when you go into a tech, you first of all you need a lot of money, so you can't fund it from friends and family. You have to go to VCs, uh, and to build a company to you know that will sell like Kareem for 3.1 billion i mean probably the co-founders don't have much of a personal life mm. uh, so as a woman um, you know how much how much time obviously and energy are you willing to put in do you have a family or not uh, where are you in in your personal life as well uh, i think maybe i don't know the, I might be wrong, but I think maybe this kind of discourages uh, women from from doing this because it takes it takes a huge toll, uh, and maybe culturally as well. Like the man is expected to work the long hours and the traveling and all of that, yeah. uh, and then maybe women are not expected to do that. So, 
So maybe when, if a woman wants to do that, maybe she doesn't get the encouragement or the support uh, to actually do it. Do you think for for me, I have a very supporting husband. Like right. my husband. Shout out to your husband. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, you know, he's a huge uh, believer in, uh, you know, in me from, from a long time. And that helps a lot. It helps a lot. Do you think there's some kind of unconscious, like, bias in the industry? Because sometimes I go to these events. I go to these, um, you know, uh, like these conferences, these mm-hmm. summits. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get, like, surprised um, at panels. Sometimes I get surprised at uh, the amount of people there. That, And sometimes I feel like, shit, this is, like, women are a little underrepresented there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, is this... Um, and this is me just honestly talking as an outsider. Yeah. Because I'm not in tech, so I mean, I don't know. But um but is this is there an unconscious bias or is this purely driven by maybe encouragement or like you said the life factors? You know, I don't know. I mean, you as a as a woman have you encountered anything like that or do you feel like, you know what, I don't care. This is this is this is business. As in, Male, female, who cares? Like that's I'm going for it. I didn't encounter any bias or anything like that. Uh, how was your experience? In terms of, uh, like, in terms of running the business or starting or what? Yeah, like, like getting investment. Um, you know, believing in 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 what you're doing. That yeah. kind of stuff. Do you do do you find any of that stuff, or was that something you hadn't dealt with? Uh Honestly, I, I I don't think I ever felt that I'm being treated differently because I'm a woman. Okay. Personally, I don't think I've experienced that. Um, you know, with regards to the panels with women and so on, I think it's sometimes it's just pure laziness on the part of the organizers. Right. Um, I'm sure there's women out there, um, you know what I mean, that can be on panels. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe people just go to the usual... Uh, the usual people that are out there and and, yeah. and promoting themselves and so on, and yeah. then they invite them. Uh, but I'm sure there's there's a lot more people that they can invite. Yeah. But I don't I don't know. For me personally, I don't feel that. Um, I don't know if if I don't think I've been treated differently because uh, because I'm a woman. Right. Uh, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. To me, you're an entrepreneur. You either uh, and it's it's about the business that you have, and it's about uh, the hunger that you have, it's about, you know, if people believe you can execute well on that idea and so on, I don't think it has to do with man or woman. Right. In my view. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. It's, it really should be on the merits. Um, exactly. 100%. Uh, exactly. It's just sometimes I do, maybe I'm just more, um, you know, I just look at things, I'm very observant in a sense, you know, like where I look at things and I look at like ratios and stuff like that. And, And it just, it makes me wonder, you know, like it makes me wonder why there's a skew towards a certain uh, gender, for example. I I don't know. This is just me being observational. However, um, the reason I ask you all these questions is because I know that recently you had uh, a newborn uh, because you've been tweeting about it. So congratulations. And I'm (laughs) expecting my wife. Actually, say, is, is expecting. Uh, you say our we first now. You say we are expecting. Yeah, we are yeah, expecting yeah, exactly. Yeah, Actually, yeah, this is the first yeah. time I say it on the podcast. But yeah, yeah. we're expecting our first Congratulations. baby. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we're so excited. It's yeah. um, hopefully inshallah due in, uh, in in December. De- okay. Yeah, and okay. and December baby could be Christmas. Uh-huh. You never know. Okay, um, call him Jesus then. <laughs> same birthday, <laughs> um, and and my wife is a working woman. She's super passionate. She's super um, into her work and. Um, um, and she's going to go on mat leave yeah. as well. And uh, and it's interesting to see uh, how she's going through the motions, you know, like um, getting prepared to go on leave and stuff like that. But she's mm. also, she's conscious of being the best mom that she could be. Yeah. Uh, but also very conscious about going back to work and kicking ass when she goes back, you know. Um, and for you, I think it's a bit more uh, of a uh, unique situation because you're a founder yeah. and you're a boss and you're a CEO and you have raised money and stuff like that. So you're on this trajectory, you're on a yeah. train and, and then you had a family, you know, and that to me <laughs> is such a unique thing, you know, and, uh, and I think a lot of people out there can learn from your experience of how you can manage between being on that roller coaster of being a, in a startup 
but at the same time, mm. God, you got pregnant and you yeah. had a baby and you started a family, but you still have to manage that. So like, how was that experience for you? You know, and I think a lot of, I think for my wife person, like I asked that for my wife, you know, like I ask, I want to know from you because I know my wife will listen to this, you know, and like what, <laughs> how was that experience for you? I guess, you know, like what do you, how did you feel? Yeah. How was your emotions? How was your pregnancy? And like, how did you have to like manage between that? Because I know, man, like I've lived now with my wife for the past six months and I've seen her up and downs mm. and stuff like that. So I'd love to know your experience. Uh, first of all, like I, I was married for nearly 10 years before I decided to, uh, we decided to have a baby. Really? Uh, 10 yeah, years? Yeah, nearly, nearly uh, nine, incredible. nine and something. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, I mean, uh, I wanted to be ready. Um, I wasn't ready before I had Nabish, you know, I had other things I wanted to do. So, uh, so I waited. Yeah, I waited quite a while. So I think the first thing is you need to be ready mm. uh, and, and do it when you're ready and you're convinced. Um, I th you're, you definitely want to be the best mom. Uh, frankly, you know, I never thought the experience was going to be as exciting as uh, as it ended up being. I was always worried that, uh, you know, am I going to give my kids enough attention? Uh, am I going to be a good mother? I'm going to have time to spend with them, etc. And, um, you know, when they were born, the feeling that uh, that I had was amazing. Like you're you're you will never know until you have the the child the kids like i can i've heard a lot before people tell me yeah you will love your children and all of that but you will never feel it truly feel it up until you have them so mm. uh it's an amazing feeling you're you're in love with your kids with you know with the baby uh it's very tiring uh, you you don't sleep very well you uh, you're constantly uh, especially if it's the first baby, you know, you're like, uh, oh, they're crying. What's wrong? Did something happen? Should they do this? Uh, you know, he has a runny nose. Oh, let's go to the doctor. I mean, yeah. it's and it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, don't be too paranoid, by the way. That's that's another thing I learned. Like, if he has a runny nose, it's fine. You it's know, fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. Don't be overprotective as well. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great experience, and and uh, and with all honesty, it will definitely have a toll on on work. No mm. matter no matter what you say, you either as a mom have to say, uh, you know what, I'm gonna get help and get support, which obviously we're fortunate to have here in the UAE, uh, and I'm gonna like hit the ground running again with work, or you need to say, you know what, I'm actually gonna take it easy for for a year or two, and uh, and I want to spend time with my kids, and it's a it's a decision that you're going to have to do as a, as a mother. Uh, and you, you can't, I don't think you can be great at both, by the way, mm. be, because they both need a lot of time. Like your work needs time, your kids need time. Uh, some people make it work. Um, some people find, you know, like middle ground. So, for example, for me, I, I, I try, like, if I want to do work, I work, try to work before like five o'clock. Uh, so I make sure whatever I need to do, I do it in the morning uh, so I can spend time, you know, with uh, with the kids. So there's different formulas, whatever works for you, basically. But it will definitely have an impact. Did you take a mat leave from your own company? Yeah. yeah I mean, well, what? I mean, like the, the good thing, at least for me, is that, uh, you know, I have people on the team that have been with Nabish for a long time. So they, they're very capable and they, they know what they're doing. So. So I could live with kind of minimal support from my end during that time. Mm. Um, so so that was that was very good for me, and I was lucky. But I think the the maternity leaves that we have here are ridiculous. Mm. Uh, if if I didn't have Nabish, it's impossible that I would go back to work in three months. Really, it's not even human to ask a mother. To go back to work in three months. Really? It's three months, right? I think it's I, three months. I, I, yeah, well, I think so. My wife wor uh, works for a tech company, so she uh, she gets five. So, five, yeah. yeah. I think six would probably be the minim the 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 human uh, uh, really? the human minimum. I think, yeah. yeah. Because because what what message? I mean, and and you need to have paternity leave as well. Yeah. I mean, well, my my husband works at uh, at Apple, and you know they have, I think probably one of the best paternity uh, uh, 
uh, leaves I've, I've seen. Um, but you, because what message are you sending, right? If you don't give the father paternity leave, what are you saying? Right. You're saying that the dad should have no input in raising his kids. Mm. <laughs> That's true. And that everything should be dumped on the mom, right. which obviously it's not fair. Right. And if the mom is working, can you imagine the stress she's going to be going through? So not only has she been pre- pregnant for you know, nine months, not only has she been through labor, not only is she uh, uh, obviously um, uh, not sleeping, exhausted, breastfeeding, whatever it is. And then, oh, she also has to go back to work in three months. Forget it. Forget yeah. it. That's crazy, huh? It's, it's, it's un- inhumane, in my opinion. That's crazy, yeah. I think so. I mean, if you if you want to, uh, and the funny thing is that most leaders, managers, you know, they're they're in their late thirties, forties, fifties. They're married and they have families too. Yeah. So they know how it is. So I don't get it. Like, how do they expect someone? Uh, and 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 I think it's it's uh, it's proven that a lot of people drop out of the workforce because of this. Yeah. It's uh, interesting though, huh? Because um, I don't think that's. Um, that's a Middle East problem. That's a global no, problem. No, it's a global problem, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, I think it's more uh, pronounced here because three months. Yeah. What is it abroad? Is it more than three months? Actually, uh, like to uh, you yeah. do? I okay. have two kids. Okay. Yeah. By the way, this is Brendan in the background. He's yeah. our uh, cameraman. So, yeah, sure. In fact, it used to be one month. Uh-huh. And uh, my wife did one month plus one month of annual leave. They've upped it now, so... So they are looking at it, but I still feel it's not enough. I mean, you're a father, right? Yeah. So three months is... is I mean, I, I didn't even take... You see, how, how bad is that? Yeah. Can, yeah. You imagine, can you imagine? You're going to be a father now. Can you imagine that you can't take four weeks or two months to spend with the, with the baby to help your, your wife? That's, yeah, that's, I mean... You know how stressful it is to have a baby, like your first baby on a woman? right. I'm sure. Because like, people assume, ah, oh, you're a woman, you know what you should do. No, I don't. <laughs> right. I don't. I was not programmed. No, you know? <laughs> I don't. I don't know when he needs to eat. I don't know how to do the diaper. I don't know. It's, it's unfair. Uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me because, yeah, like this is, we're humans, you know, and, um, and we're not robots. Like we're not supposed to just like no. sort of like shut off the baby thing and then go back to work no, and become completely normal. No, it doesn't work that normal. way. It's interesting though, because I look at uh, I, what I try to do now that now that I have this, you know, a baby on the way. Um, I try to look at people who are successful and have kids, and like try to see how they managed, you mm-hmm. know, like and try to gain some inspiration out of that. Like for example, I tell my wife, um, and, and no matter what, what you think of Hillary Clinton, for mm-hmm. example, I'm like, well, she has a kid, you know, yeah. and she managed to continue her career yeah. and. And she she became the first uh, Democratic nominee for president yeah, yeah, yeah. who was a female. Yeah. So, uh, no matter what you think of Hillary Clinton, I'm just saying that that's that's something that's of an inspiration to women, yeah. you know, who actually have kids and that continue. Absolutely, and, but and you need a break. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying that don't. It's you need at least a couple of years to to. To, to recoup, to recoup, and also to to give your kids like to to bond with your kids and to to give them uh, you know those those early formative years to yeah. to be there. Again, I'm not saying don't work because uh, I'm still working, so it's not like yeah, have the kids and sit at home and do nothing. No, but it's having kids is a lot of work already, right? Yeah. Uh, but just you need a break. I think you need the. Or at least you need flexibility. Let's yeah. put it this way. So maybe you don't need to. Uh, uh, maybe you can go back to work in three months, but maybe you will go back to working five hours a day, not you know eight nine hours a day. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's what it is today, right? I mean, I think that's uh, you go back like after your mat leave, and you don't go extended hours. I think you go for like um, a short amount of time, seven, seven hours. hours a day. Seven, seven hours, hours. yeah, but Which I mean, is, again, okay, one if you're, hour less, but yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're if you decide to breastfeed, for example, as a mother, you know, how are you gonna do that? It, it, you you have to take. I mean, I'm not gonna describe now on your podcast what happens. Yo, but please it's, do, it's not, man. No, no, but it's, <laughs> this is what it's all about. It's 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 it's, it's, it's tough. It's very hard. It's yeah. very hard. So so either uh, society should uh, reduce their expectations of women in terms of like, you have to be the perfect mom and the uh, super hot body fit person and in three months. career, exactly, <laughs> and the rock star career person. Uh, you, it's impossible. Right, uh, yeah. So so maybe let's 
cut women some slack. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, and uh, give some men be, some more time off, you know, to spend with our kids. <laughs> absolutely. I think, honestly, I don't know why they don't do it. It's... Uh, It's so unfair. Yeah. It's so unfair. It, it's, it's um, yeah, it's unfair. And, uh, yeah, it's unfair, honestly, for the women as well. Because, like you said, what does that say? Yeah. yeah you, you know, input, but also whose career matters yeah. more, you know? Yeah. But to be fair, like, I, I do see a lot of tech companies today, um, they do that. Because I think it's also on the company, you know? It's, yeah, there is, you know, there's a, let's say, a foundational uh, law, let's call it. But it's also on the companies to be like, okay, no, but our policy exactly. is ABC, yeah. you know. And I think a lot of companies around the world don't follow yeah. that. You know, they're just like, okay, what what does the foundation say? Fuck it, let's just go with that. Yeah. You know. Um, to be to be fair, to be fair, I haven't been in the corporate world here in in nine well, years. Yeah. So I don't know if people give more, uh, if companies give more than the what the law says. Yeah. So, so some I'm, companies I'm not sure do. how it is today. So like uh, I'm. You just mentioned uh, your husband at Apple. I'm sure they give a very, um, yeah, yeah. you know, very generous leaves. Um, and I think uh, they're leading the charge, right? People like uh, companies like Apple, Google, Twitter, exactly. Facebook, that are all these companies who are very progressive in their thinking. Yeah. Um, they're the ones who are supposedly leading uh, the way there. Yeah. Uh, but it's it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Um, and it's it'll eventually happen in other companies, but it takes time. Um, But for you, like, how are you now? Like, are you are you back in full force working? Because you just gave birth recently, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, seven months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Late, but congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so your baby's still, you know, seven months. Yeah, yeah and you're here. So yeah. like, it's, so how do you manage that? How do you manage? Like, so like I said, you don't. It's not that you disappear off the face of the planet, and, right. and you know, you're like. Good. Please tell me that because yeah, I need to know. Yeah, no, I mean, you. <laughs> I'm about to get into that. You know. Yeah. So. It's gonna change your life uh, for sure, yeah. uh, in a, in a good way. Um, but uh, uh, and and you'll be tired. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other day I met a friend of mine, and I used I've known him for uh, like ten years maybe. He used to be my my CFA teacher. Uh, and he told me, you know, you used to have so much more energy like eight years ago. And I said, well, you know, I slept five hours last night and I'm <laughs> seeing you at nine in the morning. So what do you want? <laughs> uh, Fair point. <laughs> so what do you want? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're tired, but you will still do things. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm by no means advocating that, uh, you know, as a mother, if you're working mother, you should just, you know, drop everything and, and go after the kids. But I'm saying it needs to be... Uh, Humane, you know, it needs yeah. to needs to make sense. Um, so yes, you can still work, but you also need some time to spend with your kids and some time for yourself as well. Mm. And uh, do you have like a like a method in mind, for example, like here's what I do for the ki- like this is the time I allocate for myself. This is the time that I allocate for my kids. I, I don't know if it's that methodological. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I still don't have my kid here, you know. But but do you have something like okay, I worked out a system. You know, this is what I need to do. Um, you can't from your work facial out, expression, I'm guessing you no. You can't work out a system because you always have curveballs. So so let's say I want to do something today and I wake up and my son is sick. So everything has to, you know, get shuffled. Right. And I need to take him to the doctor or something like yeah. that. So it's, it's, it's difficult to plan. But in general, um, I do a lot of my work in the morning. So uh-huh. I'm usually up early because my kids wake up early. Like what's early? Uh So 5.30, 6 a.m., okay. uh, my son is awake. Um, so usually... <laughs> That's uh, early. <laughs> usually by 8 a.m. Uh, or 8.30, I'm, I'm, you know, doing work. And uh, till about like 2. Uh-huh. So I have quite a bit of time to do things. So oh, I try perfect. to do a lot of it around that time. And then in the afternoon, it's just... Uh, it's. Uh, <sighs> You know, it's not fixed, but sometimes if I need to do work, I would. If I have something, if I have a meeting, an event, a conference, whatever, I will go. Mm. And uh, and but, the time but you yourself. can be very efficient, by the way. And and I think that's another thing about women and working is that uh, sometimes when you go to an office, there is downtime in an office, right? You're chit chatting with someone, you're having coffee, you're having your lunch. Uh, right. So. For me, if I sit from like eight to two, that's you know that's solid. That's solid working. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably maybe the equivalent of a full of, of a full day in an, in an office. And do you like what about you and your husband? So like, uh, do you have like all right? This is our us time. It's a date night. Yeah. It's our like. <laughs> do you guys 
stick to it? I feel like you laughed there. You're like, oh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but, you know, but did night. you... Do you have to stay? Because I spoke to some friends that like, it's so important that you have a date night. Like, it's so important that you do that. You know, like, I don't know. What's your take on that? Date night. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What is a date night? Mm, (laughs) I'm thinking. I don't remember uh, the last time I took one. uh, My husband and I have been together for um, since 2003. Okay. So that's a long time. We're we're good friends. we don't have a fixed uh, daytime as such, but we we spend a lot of time together. Mm. Uh, I think we enjoy spending time together. Uh, a lot of time, the date night is basically everyone's asleep. We open a bottle of wine and we sit and we just like chat till 12, 1 o'clock. Uh, okay. That's our date night. Right. Uh, it's imp- I mean, look, the first child uh-huh. <laughs> is, I think, uh, relatively manageable because... Okay, everything is new, but there's one kid, he's asleep or she's asleep, and then you can do whatever you need to do. Yeah. The second child is obviously problematic <laughs> because <laughs> you need to look after two. So so your attention is split and and it's it's I think it's more taxing on a on a marriage than than really? the first kid. Interesting. Yeah. Three and four, obviously I'm not planning to go there at all <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know <laughs> how people do that to be honest and stay sane because it's it's so exhausting in my, in my view interesting um, but the, the way I think about it is that it's it's gonna pass yeah uh, so my daughter is now two and a half years you know she's in bed by eight she's up at seven so I, it's she's there you know when they grow they're in a routine so right. so you can, kid yes. yeah you can <laughs> you can plan things you can do things it's more uh, uh predictable right uh, with the young one obviously it's a bit uh, it's a bit more challenging right but definitely uh you need to look after the marriage and i think the more supportive the husband is and involved in the in the children's life, mm. the more love and appreciation they will get from the wife. So this right. is my advice to you. It's really good advice. <laughs> uh, because for me, the worst thing is that basically it's for granted. You're the mother. You look after the kids. You know, I'm the dad. I go to work. And th- right. this is I, I fear that sometimes the, the mentality. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's interesting though, huh? Because I, I spoke to some guys who have new newborn uh, babies, and they're like, sometimes like, you know, if the wife has that extended mat leave, then we need to sleep so we can be functioning at work. Mm. You know, and that is a very interesting argument as well, right? Because, because, um, and I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm not stating an opinion. I'm just they stating something rooms? that what well, people who are saying like that. You know, they're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, we need like a, a, a friend of mine who had a who had a kid, and yeah. he's saying like, I need to sleep because otherwise I can't function at work. It's and true, I, and I, I don't get that yeah. paternity leave that the wife gets with the mat leave of five like five months or whatever. And it, and he's like, sometimes in the evening we agreed that when it's after hours she has to do it, and then when I'm like, there's certain segments of time, like yeah. I think 11 to 1 is his job. Yeah. And then 1 to 4 is her job, like yeah. that kind of thing. So they split it so he can get enough sleep so he can function at work the next day and that yeah. kind of thing, which makes sense to me. Yeah, you know? no, no, um, it's, it's fair. I think it's fair. But then, you know, he. so then this is good because he appreciates how hard it is to wake up in the night, Yeah. you know, and, and then still wake up in the morning and function. So... And this is the other thing. So, okay, even if the mother doesn't have to go and sit in an office for eight hours, she still has to uh, function, right? She still needs to uh, do whatever she that's has true. to do. That's if she's not working. And, and if she's working, job. she still needs to work. Yeah. Well, for you, I mean, that's even because you have to manage like the newborn and your startup yeah. and your like, you know, your investment thing. So yeah. it's just so many things that you're um, that you're managing at the same yeah. time. So I'm sure it was very challenging for you. It is. It's very, very challenging. Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and the marriage and easy. the two kids. I, like I wasn't even aware that you had two kids. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was just one kid. But two. like now you're saying two. It's a game changer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It is. It's not. You have to. Uh, you have to manage your time. And uh, and I think uh, again, a lot of pressure is on the mother, is on the wife to be a great wife, a fantastic mother, and 
you know, sometimes as well, like the mothers are not fair to each other either. Like there's mm. a lot of peer pressure. Like, did you breastfeed? Oh, you didn't breastfeed? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know I heard I mean? that. Like, argument. did you, you know, uh, uh, are they in the Montessori program or are they, I don't know what? And, you know, as, as what is the Montessori program? <laughs> you would learn I be, about it. <laughs> should I sign up? <laughs> you would find out. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of things, right? So you need to be like perfect and like, uh, it, it's a lot of pressure, I think, on the woman. You have to look good you have to lose the weight and uh, just I think society needs to cut women some some slack yeah that's that's, that's my, my yeah. opinion well I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you and not a man <laughs> I gotta yeah. be very honest because like it's really because I could have another guy here and we can riff about this yeah. you know but um, but I think it's very unique to have the perspective of the woman yeah. you know especially when when you're talking to a man right now you're right so like yeah. we're having like this conversation that i think is very beneficial to whoever's listening yeah. you know um look just think about it this way these are our children okay th th this is how like a man and a woman should think about it this is not her kids mm. okay no th these are our res these kids are our responsibilities we're both learning we're both yeah. learning how to how to do things with kids so it's not the woman's job only. So always if you feel that uh, you're forgetting that, remind yourself that, right. okay, this is, this is also my kid. Well, you know, I've, I feel like there's a divine thing that happens when pregnancy occurs. Hear me out. <laughs> Brendan's looking at me with judgmental eyes. <laughs> it's like, what well, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking your business audience, what are they going to say now? We've been talking about <laughs> kids for like an hour or so. Uh... I, know, I know. Hey, we split this podcast in half, so I think it's fine. Okay. But the, the one thing I want to say is uh, it prepares a man. I mean, a woman, of course, but I mean, I'm talking from a perspective of a man right yeah. now. Uh, it prepares a guy, right? So um, now the reason I say that is because if you're a supportive husband, uh, you would wake up with your wife in the evening at night when she's feeling bad or when she wants something to eat or when she's da 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 all these type of things, and you experience that over the the, the six, seven, eight, nine months of pregnancy. You know, mm -hmm. like you wake up in the evening and like yeah. oh, it's three a.m. and like she's not feeling well and da 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 all that kind of stuff. And for me, uh, it kind of gets you prepared. For the sleepless nights that are gonna come. Oh uh, no! No. Oh no! <laughs> Should I stop talking? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, you asked me like, <laughs> what is this in for the business audience? Honestly, this is a human topic. I think. Yeah. So no, whether you're into business or you're not, and you're listening to this, this is a human topic that everybody I think needs to learn about. You know, and um, and everybody hopefully at some point in their life if they choose, uh, will go through this, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's very important. The majority important. of us are going to go through this. True. Actually. And I think it's very important hearing it from you, especially if you're into business and you are a woman, you know? Like, that's, that's why I, I, I asked that question of you is because um, you are a startup founder. You've done a lot. You've, you're an investor. You've built something. Um, and you chose to have a family. And you're managing both worlds, yeah. you know? And I think it's really important for both men and women to listen to this because as much as men listen to their buddies and their friends about their experiences, it's also good to listen to a perspective of an outsider like yourself who isn't in their world, um, what they go through, yeah. you know? And so when, when, when the wife asks for help or support, don't say that, go tell your friends, oh, my wife is nagging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not nagging. So, so now at least you, 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 you see the, like, at least a different perspective. And we, I know we always tend to talk about the tough part of it, but I'm sure there's so many positives about it as well. I mean, obviously, I'm super, super excited. Oh, it's amazing. Know? Yeah, and amazing. I'm sure like that's the thing. And I think a lot of people like to... I, I feel like it's like a review website, you know? You're not going to go into a review website unless you're like, you're going to go and say something that's like, be careful, you know, that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. But, and, and you don't usually tend to highlight the positives so much. Not you, I mean, like us as, as, as people. Um... So I think there's both to it. There's well, both sides to it. It's a great experience. I said in, uh, that I was worried that, you know, I wouldn't uh, be a great mother. I think I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, I think, again, it's... A plus, you know? Yeah, well, ask no, your husband. No, I don't you know, know if I'll A plus, but, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with how things turn out. It's, uh, it's a fantastic experience, really. Awesome. But do it when you're ready. This is, I think, the point. For me, I waited uh, until I was ready. 
Yeah, my wife and I, I we've been married for five years. Oh, there you go. For seven. And uh, yeah, it's going to be like we've traveled you know, a lot of places around the world. There you, you know, go. And uh, we've covered as much territory as we can, you know, and then and we were in, uh, you know, we were just we reached a point where we both th- said this year that, OK, cool, we're ready. Like, let's do, let's it. do yeah, exactly. this, you know, I'm, I'm so pro this, by the way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And we, honestly, we even, you know, a lot of couples have names for their kids before they even started, yeah. you know, like having kids. Yeah. We didn't have any of that. Like, we, we didn't know at all what yeah. we're going to name our kids. Until today, we're still kind of confused. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, like, can, we can still wait. Yeah, when my, it comes. Uh, my we'll son was a day up until we decided the name. Really? So, yeah. So he was just like the son. He was like baby. <laughs> just baby until <laughs> until he gave him a name. Until, until a day after. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Thank you. I want to say. Um, I kept you a little bit longer than I should. Um, yes, you have. You're looking at 20 your minutes, watch, right? 20, 20 minutes, minutes over, over. But I think this was really, really a cool conversation for me to have. Okay, thanks. Especially Russell. that I'm coming from an area of like, I'm about to have kids and I want to learn more about your startup. And like I said, we've been trying to do this for two years. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got to do it now. Um, at a yeah, time perfect where, timing. Perfect timing for me and for you, yeah. you know. Um, and I mean, I'm glad we, we covered both areas. So... So really, thank you so much for Thanks, coming Basel. on a it was Saturday. Great. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank oh, you. thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, this was, was cool. the best podcast you've ever been on, right? Just say yes. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, without cool. a without a doubt. <laughs> Just don't uh, don't think about it. A doubt. Don't be like, hey, no, actually, that other show. But you bad. still need to give me your your Khaliji. Uh, hey, I'm not gonna do it. On, uh, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, it's on I demand. I can't do it. Yeah, you know, so. I, uh, people that can do accents, I, I find that like so uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes uh, a lot of talent to do it. People who are listening to this don't know. Like in the room, we have Bashar as well. He's uh, he's a sound designer, and and me and him are are planning on working a lot of podcasts. Together. Together. So, but so I'm gonna do a lot of voice acting. So uh, really, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm gonna do. But he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna f- clean it up for me. You okay. know, so, <laughs> so to make me sound good. That's all. <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, um, Lulu, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. I really and, enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, this podcast will be out soon. I hope everybody enjoyed it. So let's give you a round of applause. Yeah. Let's get some feedback, actually. I'd love to know if people enjoyed uh, listening to uh, motherhood and babies and so on. Yeah, it's cool, man. That's really good. Hey, come on. You can't say that you've done uh, this type of show somewhere else. Because you said you did a lot of interviews. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. We went deep. We went deep. Deep. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, Thank you so much. Okay, Vasil. And that is a wrap. Boom.